and a very warm welcome once again to Nightlight. On today's show, Melvin is back to teach more on a very important and spiritually empowering topic, walking in authority. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. The last class week, you know, we mainly went over how authority was given to man. That was to Adam and Eve, but how they lost it in the sense like not lost it. They kind of gave it to the God of this world now and which is Satan. And uh, he's been kind of ruling the world system. When we say the world, when the Bible says world, it's not talking about the earth. But of course, he's talking about the system of the age. Right. And so now we know in, the, in these last days, uh, the God of this world is actually controlling almost every aspect of uh, human life. From controlling uh, how children should be growing up, what they should learn, what not to learn. And so the demonic forces have gotten so deep into humanity that uh, a lot of families, uh, they have no way of escape. Yes. Uh, Especially here in the States and I'm sure around the world, you know, the educational system and all of those things are under his power. So all the decisions made by the administrations of different school districts are all, you know, even though they're Christians, they just don't have the means to step out unless you run your own school or a Christian school, like a school that I teach in is a Christian school. Even there, you can see the influence is very, very, very strong. Right. So we are kind of losing the children to that uh, system where they are being pro- they're being programmed basically to follow him. You're right. And so we can see that if we as parents don't take, or as teachers, we don't take the authority to uh, be able to overcome this flood of iniquity or this flood of darkness that's coming upon the world, mm-hmm. then we are going to be having a losing battle. For me, I'm so blessed in the sense I can teach the Bible five days a week. It's actually, yeah, five days a week I can teach wow. the teenagers. Uh, and I'm teaching them all of this, like real heavy stuff. I'm not I'm not pulling back. I'm teaching them the new creation. You know, I'm so glad I'm doing that. I'm not teaching in a public school where I'm kind of handicapped or, you know, my mouth is tied to the sense that, you know, I can't. Right. So we have to see that, you know, having this authority is not something that it is like a bonus or authority is a cool thing you know we can get rid of demons no this whole authority is it's a god-given thing to us yes from the time we are born again jesus has put back this authority that adam has lost and he gave it to us and the father the son and the holy spirit is there to help us to walk in it you know for me i know this is the most important thing to me, of course, apart from loving God and, you know, spending time with Him, now walking in authority for me has become a very important thing and I don't want to miss it. People say, oh, why do we need the authority? Because we have a God and we can just pray and God will do it. You know, unlike popular teachings, that is not God's plan. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a time when we are children and, you know, we are new babes in Christ and we are praying and God is helping us. But that is not his plan. He wants us to grow up to where we can walk as manifested sons of God on this earth. Now, even in the the Old Testament, God was trying to bring that about. Like if you go to Exodus 14 uh, and verse 15. Exodus 14, 16. 
But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Okay, so here, when they came to the Red Sea, and it was, they started panicking because we had, you know, they had the Egyptians following them. Moses was crying out to God, and God said, why are you crying to me? <laughs> he said, speak on the children of Israel to go forward and lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea. So what God was saying is, look, I gave you the rod. I mean, he had a staff, right? And that was, it was a physical representation of the authority of God. Wow. Because in the Old Testament, everything was physical. So everything was, you know, they had to have something physical. And so Moses was crying out, God said, no, you have something in your hand. Use it. Now, in the New Testament, we don't need a staff in our hand because we are recreated in the image of God and everything is more on a spiritual level. Right. Our battles are spiritual battles. We, you know, we are not doing any physical battle in the sense after Jesus came. But in the Old Testament, there was, everything was physical. Joshua had to fight uh, a physical battle. Samson, uh, you name it, Abraham, all of them, they had to fight a king, you know, David. They all had to fight a physical battle. Yes. And everything, you know, they, that came against them were, were physical in the sense though, even though they were demonic, it was, you know, it was presented in, a, in the natural realm. But for us, we are not fighting against uh, physical things, but we are fighting against spiritual entities. And so even in the Old Testament, you know, God was kind of bringing uh, us towards being authoritative on the earth. Yes. And just like, you know, we, we, I was talking about in the last class how Satan uses uh, his people and works through them and, you know, and he performs certain, you know, things on the earth. All this influence that you're seeing on the earth is through the minds of men. Right. It's not that demons are, yeah, demons are physically coming and doing something. They can't do that. They have to come through a man. Either they have to possess them so that they can control their whole being or they have to come up in a worldwide and come up with uh, new systems that the world is going to follow. And in so doing, Satan gets to be more and more in control. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and we're going to go to verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, so here, Paul, I mean the Holy Spirit through Paul, is giving us a clear understanding of what we are fighting against. It is not just you know, some simple Hindu demon or some Hindu god that we are fighting against. These are organized system of demonic rule over the earth. So it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Of course, in the Old Testament, it was flesh and blood. But in the New Testament, our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers principalities and against powers. We know these principalities, they are in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm. And so the Lord is trying to explain to us how they work in the sense that there are principalities that, that govern the prince of the air and all of them that govern the actions that are on the earth through man. That's right. And then it goes on to say against the rulers of darkness of this world. 
So when you look at it, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 4 that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. Right? Yes. The God of this world has people under darkness. And how, do you, how does he do that? He, do, he does it through blinding their minds to the gospel. Even today, a lot of times the church is now moving away from a lot of uh, actually teaching the word in depth to actually getting into an entertainment business. Right. You know, they have hours of uh, worship. The band comes and plays and, you know, they have music going on. But the word that comes out in, in the majority of churches is very, very less. And so in the Old Testament, the Bible says, God's word says that the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So if the word of God is not preached in its entirety, then even though we are Christians, our mind still stays a little blinded to the truth. And so because this, this authority is not being taught in the majority of churches, people don't have an idea that they, this authority is actually given to them, you know, when they were born again. Not because they earned it, right? Right. And so because of the blindness of that, a lot of people, you know, uh, succumb to it. And they actually go under the influence of Satan and his demonic power instead of rising above it. And it says that against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yes. So even though, like, say, for example, we have a president and say he is... Uh, he could be godly, he could be going to a church, and, you know, he would be a Christian. But the system that he's involved in is demonic, in the sense that he's controlled by the devil. In a way, even if he's a Christian president or a, you know, prime minister, they can't really come out and do exactly what God wants them to do. Because the system is so that they don't allow you to do that. See, that is the wickedness in high places. So when you look at the earth and the atmospheric heaven, we, we see that Satan is, is in control. Satan is in authority in the sense that it's not his own authority, but it's an authority that he took from man. Right. And the more the authority he, he started gaining, the more he has control over the nations of the world. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave us the authority to be able to enforce that authority and God's rule on the earth till Jesus comes back. That's right. See, we are supposed to be the leaders on the earth. We are supposed to be ruling the world, not just in the millennium, but even now. But wow. because we don't know this and, you know, Satan blinded our eyes, we just go according to the flow or the course of this world. The Bible says that, right? People are going according to the course of this world. And so Christians, they just, you know, they had fallen from a glorious position that God had intended for man to be in. And, you know, sin has kind of messed man up and he fell down from his spiritual capacity. He still has it as a Christian. He's losing it very, very fast. We were created to rule the elements of the world. Wow. We were created to rule the animal world. We were created to rule nature itself. That's right. And that's the dominion that Adam and Eve had and all his children should have. 
But praise God, Jesus came and he demonstrated that on the earth while he was alive. He ruled the waves and the sea. He walked on water. He talked to trees. I mean, he, you know, he multiplied food. So Jesus came as an example to show us how man on the earth should be, uh, should be ruling. But we, we forsook that because we moved into religion, like I was explaining in the last class, the Catholic Church kind of hid, you know, all of these truths, and they, they never brought it out to the common people. And so, you know, for thousands of years, man was under darkness because the light of God's word was not shining. Yes. But now I believe with all of my heart, in the end time, God is bringing out people and, and He's actually opening the eyes of many Christians who understand that this is how we are supposed to live till Jesus comes back. You know, we come under the, we are in a weakened state of a, a physical being because of sin. Now, so we become subject to the laws of nature instead of ruling it. Right. Like say, for example, you know, we get into a draft and we catch a cold. We get into, you know, we catch pneumonia, we get cold, you know, and the terrors of life is frightening us. But all of this was supposed to be reversed through Jesus and he did reverse it, praise God. It's true. But see, because we have this mentality that if we get into a draft, it's natural for us to catch a cold. But that's not how Jesus walked. That's not how Paul walked. They walked knowing who they are, you know, who they really are. And see, this part, the natural mind will not be able to understand this. Now, I know I'm teaching this class, but if you just look at it from the natural point of view, you will not be able to walk in the authority because this has to be a revelation from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And most of the times, and that's what I try to do, I, I, you know, the Lord gives me something or helps me to understand something, and then I go on meditating on it. And so the more, the more I teach it, it becomes a real revelation to me, and then it stays with me. It doesn't, you know, I don't forget it, and now I start walking in it. And a lot of times, you know, people listen to classes, or they listen to message, and they say, hey, I really enjoyed that class. But for me, you know, it's not you enjoying the class. For me, it is that you're meditating on it, and now it becomes a revelation. So that revelation can actually produce the manifestation that we need in our daily life. Like I was saying, you know, somebody in South America, they heard my class on, on the same topic, the, my first class, and they went out and they just talked to a storm or to a hurricane that was coming their way. And they said that it just stopped and disappeared. So wow. the thing is, we need to start stepping out into this authority. Nightlight. What a delight. Now, can we go to Romans 12 and verse 2? And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, I mean, being conformed to the world is where we as Christians mess up. It's not just people think, okay, it's talking about your behavior or, you know, the way a Christian should behave. And they think, okay, I'm behaving like a Christian, so I'm not conformed to the world. No, every ideology, every idea, every propaganda of the world that our mind receives, is, it's being, we are being conformed to the world. 
But every time we, we, we go purposely and deeply into God's word and to know who we are in Christ, when we do that, we are being transformed from the within to the outside and our mind gets transformed. And it says very clearly, you know, you can prove that which is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. See, it is, it's an experimental thing. You're going to experience when your mind is renewed. See, if your mind is not renewed, you're not going to have the experimental knowledge. What we're going to have is the word that we know, but it is not working. Right. See, that is where uh, for many, many, many years, I fell short in, was in meditating the word of God till it actually renewed my mind to the extent that I can, I can prove it. Otherwise, we are just going over beautiful readings and beautiful Word of God, and we say, oh, the Word of God is good, but it's just a mental ascent, which basically means we're agreeing with the Word, but it is not practically working in our life. Yes. Now, I believe with all of my, all of my heart, all these things that God has given us, especially in the New Testament, is actually workable. Right. And it works. But if our mind is not renewed, we're not going to try it out. So sometimes it stays as a hypothesis because there's no experimentation for it to actually become a rule in our life. Well, see, that is where, you know, as Christians, we are falling short. True. We look at the Word of God and we sometimes make excuses. Oh, I, I don't think Jesus really meant this. Or I don't think the Bible is actually saying that I'm, I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. I, I, I think that, you know, God is trying to keep us uh, positive. No, no, this is the word of God. And the Bible says it is settled in heaven. Oh, Lord, forever thy word is settled in heaven. It is settled. And we have to settle it on the earth. We are the ones that settles on the earth, not in heaven. In heaven it is settled. God is not going to change his word. His word is there. Now, sometimes his methods, you know, can change from the Old to the New Testament. Now, we are in a new covenant, and the Bible says the new covenant is based on better promises. But his word is settled in heaven. So when God's word says that I have the authority, then it is settled. Now, I have to settle it on the earth. Now, I don't care which church believes this, the which church believes that. I don't care about it. If God's word says that I have the authority, then if I'm not using it, it's my fault. I mean, see, that's my prayer is that, Father, that I can walk in everything that Jesus paid for me to walk in. Right. I don't want to miss out just because, you know, some groups believe this and some groups believe that. No, I, I need to know what Jesus paid for, for me to walk in. And that's right here in the Bible. So once I take that out and I know this is what God wants me to walk in, then I make an effort to get my mind renewed on the subject. And when that happens, I'm seeing that I can now actually walk in that authority. Now, I'm not saying I'm walking in full authority. I'm learning. So that is exactly what this class is about, is that we are not going to be blinded by the God of this world where we cannot know what we are capable of. It's always bright when you're listening to Nightlight. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. We just read 12, right? Right. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay, so nowhere in the Bible 
that's the bar, you know, the word says to be strong in yourself. You know, a lot of times I've said it before, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm just weak. Hope God can make me strong. And, you know, I hope I can live a, a strengthened life. See, all those words are not from God. God is never asking us to be strong in ourselves. He's saying be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, that power is the authority that God has given us, just like for Moses. God gave him the rod or the staff. I mean, he had a staff and he said, okay, use the staff. When Aaron took the staff and put it in the river, it turned to blood. See, the staff was a representation of the authority and power of God working through a man. Yes. Yes. But in the New Testament, this authority is given to us in the, in the word form. Wow in the written word or the spoken word. So I'm not asking God to give me power. Now that would be like uh, asking in unbelief because I have to believe I have the power. See, the New Testament is all about knowing what God's word says, believing it so it can manifest. Now, same thing with our healing. You know, by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 says that he bore our, you know, our sickness and our pains and the peace, you know, the chastisement of a peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So I know I have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I have it. I know I have the healing. Now, when I know I have it, half the battle is won. Now, all I have to know is how to release it into my physical body or my physical mind in order for me to have peace. And the Holy Spirit is given to us to be able to do that. But the, the power the word is spoken of here is also authority. This authority we have, like I explained in the last class, is not our authority. It is delegated authority that is given to us. Yes. Remember this uh, example I was talking about, the policeman, right? Right, that's so clear. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. The policeman, is, it's a delegated authority. The policeman is just using the knowledge that he has, that he has the state behind him. And so it gives him the confidence to be able to walk in that authority. Same thing he were talking about here in uh, verse 10. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we sing songs like, you know, oh Lord, I'm a beggar going through this earth, looking for heaven where I can finally find some rest. <laughs> oh dear. Now, see, all those songs can actually produce more unbelief than anything else. People think, okay, if I sing that song, I'm being humble and God is happy with me. No, God is not happy with us because it is faith that pleases God and faith comes from the word of God. What does God's word say? Be strong in the Lord. And a lot of times people say, I don't have the strength. You know, I'm too weak. I'm this, I am that. Right. But Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong? Because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So it's a continuous flow of his strength. Yes. You know, my wife, she got a little, uh, what do you call, uh, a little thing that for the cat. You know, it, it has a, like a little uh, plastic thing on the top. We fill it with water and we put it on top of the little, you know, this little dispenser. And as the cat drinks the water, the water starts filling in. Uh -huh. When I saw that, that, the Lord told me, look, that's how I fill you up. 
That means the strength is the strength is always there. When you are weak, then are you strong because the strength is made perfect in your weakness. But see, as Christians, we are always confessing the wrong thing. We are always saying, "Lord, I am so weak. I am so desperate. I am wretched sinner. Without you, I can't do nothing." Come on, are you ever without Him? Can you show me a scripture in the New Testament that says a Christian is without Him? No, Jesus said, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." So we are never without him. Then why are we praying, Lord? Without you, I can do nothing. No, we we already know that without him we can't do nothing. We don't need to pray. We already know that because it's not our might, but it's his might. And so and so the more when I take the scriptures, God shows me, look, guy, don't pray like that because that prayer is a prayer of unbelief. Pray the word. Yes. Pray in faith. And faith is based on God's word. So right here, God says we have the power of His might. Can you read the next one, eleven? Put on the whole armor of God that He may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, so in one of the classes we were talking a little bit about spiritual warfare, right? <laughs> you know, there is a spiritual warfare going on for the minds of men, for our mind. The devil is there trying to. Take hold of a mind, and how much he can influence a mind. So there is a warfare going on. So God's word says, "Put on the armor of God." And we know the armor, as we read, you know, further on, it helps us to understand what the armor is: the helmet of salvation, right, the sword of the spirit, all of that. But there is these wiles that are coming against us on a constant basis. Now, sometimes people think uh, a spiritual battle means something big. That you're fighting, you're fighting the devil over big sicknesses, over this. No, most of the time the spiritual battle can be simple. That's true. When I understood this, when it actually helped me to take more authority over my even my simplest little things, like say for example, before, if a teacher in my school would say something against me or something that is not truthful, I would get all worked up, and then I want to prove. That she is wrong, and you know I have to go and you know try to work things out. I get all worked up in the spirit, you know my mind is all messed up. And now I, I now I understand that it is not the teacher that has anything against me. It is the devil. See, the devil want to mess mess up my peace. He wants me to get into a state where he can control me, control my emotions, and so he's using. Uh, you know, sometimes my children, or sometimes my wife, or sometimes somebody else. It's not my wife or my children, but it's actually the enemy. Sometimes manipulates them to say something or do something to get me upset. Yes. Or to get me into a state where, you know, I spend a long time trying to get over this thing that I'm going through, and so I become, you know, I get into an unforgiving state. But you know, you know what? You can take authority over that. Even a simple thing like that, you can say, "No, Satan, I know who's behind this. I forgive the teacher for what she said, and you know, I'm going to pray for her right now." Yes. When I started doing that, when I started taking authority even for little things, I'm seeing that you know, people around me are now more relaxed than they were before. I don't even know when's the last time. You know, I can't put a date on it. I don't know when it was. I had a misunderstanding with my wife or with my children. Uh, it's, it's because you can take authority not just over you know demon possessed people, but there are levels of demonic influence on us. 
Some of it is on a higher level, which produces a lot of sickness and disease in us. Somehow where we get into depression and we are depressed. You know, now those are a little heavier level of oppression that we, you know, that we experience. But there are even demonic forces that are on a daily basis trying to get us miswalking in the light. Because the Bible says, you know, if we are in the light and if we walk in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. We're talking about God. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Now, a lot of times Christians, they don't understand that walking in the light is also part of you walking in the authority. Moses, he did not take up his rod just for him. He took up the authority for the people. That's right. And so, you know, as teachers and as missionaries or whatever we are, or as parents, we need to take authority over our family. We need to take authority over children and break the power of Satan over their life. Amen. Now, recently there was a couple that I was teaching, uh, you know, when I, call, when I called them, uh, because it was over the time uh, that we were supposed to have class, and the lady told me that we can't have a class because their marriage is breaking up. They had a big uh, breakup and, you know, she doesn't know if they're going to separate and they have two beautiful children. And so in the, in the olden days, I mean, in the past, I would actually try to counsel her on the phone. But I just said, okay, fine, you know, let me know when we can have the class. And I, I got into my room and I went to war. I said, no, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I break this spirit of strife over that couple. And it took me some time. I was like, you know, I was, I was going out for it, for this couple. So I, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. You know, there will be no strife. And I speak love and life into this couple. God bless you. The next day morning. She called me and she said, oh, can we have a class this evening because everything worked out and we are happy and we are together. And, you know, I could see them on Skype. I don't have a camera, but they have. So I could see them sitting together and having this class. <laughs> wow. But see, the thing was, it was so much easier for me than to spend, you know, hours trying to counsel somebody. Yes. All I had to do was get out there and, and rebuke and bind the power that was actually separating this beautiful couple, this beautiful family. Wow. But we got to understand strife is demonic. Yes. The Bible says where there is confusion and strife, there is every evil work. So when there's an evil work, then your authority comes into, into the picture. Now, we don't have to pray and say, God, please help them. No, God is saying, you have the rod in your hand. You have the staff. You raise it up. Why are you crying to me? I gave you the authority. I gave you. You are the one in my place on the earth who knows about the situation. So you take authority over the situation. But see, that, that is where Christians are failing. They think, oh, you know, now, of course, you break the power of, the authority of Satan, of strife. And if they still need some help to, you know, to counsel them, we can do it. Of course. But most of the time, you don't need to do that if you understand who is the author of that strife. In this case, I knew the author of that, that particular strife was to destroy the family in destroying the family, now Satan can have hours and days and months. He can work on the, on the wife's mind and also on the husband's mind and also in the children's mind. And the result you know, on the children can be long-lasting. You know, to live without a father or a mother can, you know, can have real 
bad reflections in their life. Mm-hmm. But see, see, for me, I know I can take the authority and when I speak it in the name of Jesus, I know the power behind me will go to work. Amen. I just wanted people to understand it's not authority, it's not like... You know, when I was in Uganda some years ago, a pastor that was attending the pastor's conference, he was begging me, could you please come with me to the mountains of Ravenzori? You know, there are witch doctors. We, we, we need to get rid of the, you know, the demonic influences there. I said, sir, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to preach the gospel. If somebody is demon-possessed, I will lay hands on them and get rid of it. But I'm not going to go looking for demons because, you know, the, you get rid of demon from one place, he's going to go to another place. Right. So you don't see Jesus going around the country, you know, getting rid of the demons from here and there. No, he just got rid of the, the oppression of the demonic forces in people. See, so we can do this on a daily basis. Yes. We can do it over ourselves. Recently, my car had some problems and I had to fix it. Uh, the first time I prayed over it and it worked. And second time I did have to change some, some, some brake system in it. And my mind was like, why I'm spending all this money? And I was trying to, you know, I was going down, you know, feeling bad. And the Lord told me, use your authority. Don't go down. So we can walk in authority all day long because it is given to us. It's not something that we are going to achieve or we're going to attain, but it is something that's freely given to us that we can use. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Now let's go to First John chapter 4 and verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Wow, that scripture is so powerful. When we get a revelation on it, it completely changes our lives. It says, for you have overcome them. Could you read the words before that? And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. And he's saying, you have overcome them. So every spirit that confesses now that Jesus came in the flesh is not of God. So, you know, that's a lot of spirits out there that are on your case. Right. Especially if you are Christians, and we are active Christians, and we are doing something for the kingdom of God at whatever level, Satan is going to send a lot of demonic spirits to try to stop us. Now, I'm not saying this, you know, sometimes people will feel like, okay, then I don't want to get deep with God because I don't want... No, no, no. This is how we grow. So whatever comes against us, God has already given us the power over everything. So it's not... Satan can't send anything to us that is going to be more greater than what is inside of us. Amen. But what is inside of us is not going to manifest unless you personally know at every turn, at every fight, you are greater than who that is in the world. Now, that's a knowledge a lot of people don't get into. They just read the word and they say, okay, greater is he that's in me than that's in the world. And then they start living under the dominion of Satan instead of being delivered from it. Let's go to... Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, 
all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Yes. So all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. So what is left? There's nothing left, right? It covers, it covers everything else. And so Jesus was giving this to the disciples. And sometimes people, you know, who don't want to walk in this authority or who really don't want to see if it is for them, they rub it off as, oh, this is talking about his disciples and not to everyone else. But that's not true. Now, can you read verse 19? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the next one? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Okay, so this is just before Jesus, you know, went up uh, to his Father. And he's saying, it's all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, we got to understand that this power that Jesus had is already, he had it before he came to the earth. But now, as a son of man, when he died a righteous life, a sinless life, when he went to hell, Satan thought he conquered the son of God. But then on the third day, the father raised him up. And now the power that was given to Christ is the power given to us. So Jesus saying, because of this, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right. Now, as Christians, we have accepted the challenge that, okay, we need to preach the gospel. That is, that Jesus, you know, what Jesus did and how he died for us and how if you receive him, we can go to heaven. But that is not just the gospel. Right. That is part of the gospel, that the initial gospel that people need to know for them to come into Christ. But once they come into Christ, now... Paul said the gospel is the, you know, is the power of God to everyone that believes. You know, as missionaries, we were out every day in different parts of the world. We are going door to door. We are looking at people on the street and we are leading them to Christ. Yes. We were good at that. Right. And we still are good at that. But I just stopped there, right? I didn't continue with the rest of it. Where Jesus said, he that believeth on me... Go therefore and cast out devils, heal the sick. And if you shall drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt you. That's right. You shall pick up some deadly thing and it shall not poison you. So Jesus gave us a list of all things that a believer can do. Right. But because of my, you know, not having the knowledge or understanding, I just stuck with the, you know, with just preaching the gospel and bringing people to Christ. And once in a while, I would see a miracle happen where somebody got healed or, you know, I was able to cast out some demons. But it wasn't like a, you know, something that was my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, it would happen once in a year or so. But now I'm all ready to walk as a son of God with the authority. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, therefore go. Therefore means because I have all authority on earth. Therefore you go and you do it. And teach others to do the same. Wow. But see, that, that part of the gospel is hardly ever preached. True. And because it's not preached, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, the word perish doesn't mean they're going to hell. What it means is on a daily life, we are not living the overcoming life, the victorious life that Christ wants us to have. Because when we live victorious over our life, we are able to help others. 
It's quite a pleasant night when listening to Nightlight. Okay, let's go to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So, this is what happened, you know, between the crucifixion and the resurrection. A lot of times, you know, when Easter comes, we do a lot of thinking on how Jesus died on the cross and he died for us and all of that is really good. But the part between when Jesus went on the cross and he died for us and the resurrection, that is the part a lot of times people don't understand or they don't, they, they don't care to understand. They don't study it. But here it says, and having spoiled principalities and powers. Now, these are the same principalities and powers that we read in Ephesians chapter 6. Yes. You know, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. This is the same principalities and powers that Jesus, it says he, he spoiled them. Spoiled them means made them, he paralyzed them. That means he stripped them off of their authority and made a show of them openly triumphing over them. So Jesus did that. Amen. And that's what we read in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. He's saying that all power is now given unto me because in those three days when Jesus was in hell and Satan thought that he had finally got, you know, Jesus down there, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You know, the, through the Spirit of God, Jesus was raised up and he, you know, the whole universe knew how he spoiled Satan and his uh, principalities and powers. Praise God. And so now that is given to us. Like I was sharing in the last class, it is not for us for the millennium. Right. In the millennium, there is no principalities and powers ruling the earth. So we don't need this kind of power. We have, you know, the heavenly power that we're going to have. But this is given to us on the earth because on the earth we are facing uh, demonic uh, principalities and powers and, you know, wickedness in high places. We are coming in contact with it face to face on a daily basis. But in the Western world, it's kind of camouflaged in the sense like they don't know, the Christians don't know it's a spiritual battle. Right. And so they accept depression as a form of a chemical imbalance in their mind. And they go out to the do you know, doctor and get a prescription to, you know, to stay sane. <laughs> See, in the Western world, it's the same kind of attack. But it is so covered up that Christians think that, okay, this is actually, uh, you know, a scientific thing, you know, a medical thing. And it has nothing to do with demonic oppression. That's not true. Jesus, Paul, Peter, they healed people that were mentally, you know, unstable. It was a part of the spiritual world, oppression, the spirit world, that is a dark world oppressing us, right? Yes. And so once we understand that, once you understand, see, a lot of times spiritual battle, people don't really understand the details of what a spiritual battle is. It's all in the spiritual realm, and what we're experiencing on the earth is actually the result of what is going on in the spirit world. And more, the man yields himself to sin and yields himself, he yields his mind to the demonic things that are going on in the world. Yes. The other day I was reading about, you know, the Wayfair 
what do you call that? It's like, you know, they send furniture and, you know, mattresses and blah, blah, blah. And this one person had exposed them in a way saying that, you know, they were using that as a way of sending out messages for sexual child abuse and all of this kind of stuff. I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, there was this one person who was exposing it. But see, the thing is, it, it is so prevalent in the Western world and people think it's all natural. But it's not. There is a spiritual battle behind it, and we need to take up, you know, take up this authority and start walking in it. And we don't need to know, you know. I'm saying you don't need to know everything that I'm teaching. If you understand that there is a spiritual battle, which we know, and it's on basic level to higher levels, and then we have this authority given to us by Christ Jesus, so that we can walk in it and help people that need to be helped. Okay, let's go to one more verse and I'll stop because we are running out of time. In Luke 10. Uh, Luke 10, yes. Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Of course, we know the word the power in the first, you know, they're both translated as power, but we know from the Greek, what Jesus said is, Behold, I give unto you power. That power is translated authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Those are spiritual entities. And overall, the ability, right, of all the power of the enemy, which is the ability of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, see, that is for a Christian. He gave us that power. We read it, you know, in different places. He's given us the power. We read that in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. And what is exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So it's not just for the disciples. See, a lot of times Christians, they don't want to walk in a power. So not because they don't want to walk, they don't really believe it. So they say, oh, it was only for the disciples. Right. There are large denominations of Christians who say it all passed away. No, it didn't pass away. It is whatever Jesus did at that time and he gave is for all of us. So behold, I give unto you power. There's an Old Testament verse that says, you know, you shall tread upon lion and uh, the adder and the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under your feet. It was actually a prophecy about the sons of God in the New Testament. Yes. And Jesus said exactly that. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon, you know, serpent and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, so the word all means any wiles of the devil, any tricks of the devil, any ability that the devil has to put something on us as Christians, as God's children, we have the power that we can use any time that we want. Wow. And we don't have to keep praying and begging God to give us the power. We have this authority. It's delegated. That means it's not our authority is given to us. But it's up to us whether we want to walk in it or not. And the more I, I, I you know, I speak in tongues, the, you know, when I read the Bible, the more the Lord gives me revelation that I didn't understand before, right? Of course, you know, I do a lot of research, I study, you know, also, but, you know, when I read the scriptures now, it, it comes alive to me. It actually shows me what the scripture is about. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of close up there because this is going to be a long study. But, you know, with the two classes that we went over, we should be able to get the knowledge 
that we can meditate on and then step out and believe that you have the authority and as you believe it will start working and thank you so very much melvin and if you missed part one of walking in authority please be sure to catch it up well that's it for now this is chris glynn signing off and i look forward to being back with you very soon for another nightlight podcast bye for now Thank you.